Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Hey, good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? Hey, good morning, Jason. Hope you are doing good. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. It's good to see you today, and I'm excited for the show. And we've got a, a wonderful month lined up for August here. And uh, headlining that is Bill. Of course, we do our your seminars every month, the second Wednesday of every month. This is a free seminar that you offer, but you're doing something a little bit special this August 14th. True. Well, we still have a week and a half to go before the seminar, but um, we are doing something a little bit different. Uh, uh, in our, you know, we have uh, on the day of our seminar, second Wednesday, we do three seminars, you know, one at 10 o'clock in the morning, one at two o'clock in the afternoon, and then one at, in the evening at starting at 630. Um, well, uh, in the past, and for about the last 20 years, <laughs> I've been doing uh, the seminars uh, primarily on a need that's a constant need in the community, and that's to help folks understand the rules relating to Medicaid. You know, there's so many half-truths and lies uh uh, where people are just misinformed about how Medicaid works uh, and uh, the government assistance that a family can receive. You know, the biggest one being the fact that you can't get Medicaid um, unless you've given everything away or you're dirt poor. And the truth is that that's just a bald-faced lie. Not true for seniors who need nursing care. Uh, now, there are a lot of other Medicaid plans out there, waiver programs, because Medicaid is far more than just one big program. So uh, obviously, we're going to continue to do those seminars because it's so important. Plus, of course, another area where many families are eligible for benefits, and it sort of blows my mind that a lot of veterans don't realize that they can actually receive uh, long-term care money from the VA. Um, and so we, we talk about VA benefits and how uh, VA benefits can assist families as well. Now, that particular uh, program uh, is for um, war period veterans and their families, their, their spouses or widows. But there's still so many folks that don't even know that that program is out there and potentially can benefit uh, them. Uh, so uh, those th those seminars are still extremely <laughs> important to families. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's very valuable information that folks uh, can get. And, uh, and of course, as you know, uh, Jason, because you've been suffering through me for many years at this point, that, um, that our seminars are absolutely free uh, and uh, very educational. I mean, it's, it's, that's the focus is uh, now, we don't feed people. You know, you're not going to get supper <laughs> or lunch or breakfast or whatever. Uh, but uh, we do feed you a lot of education, if That's you right. will, a lot of good information that um, is extremely important. Well, you know that um, that I am well known in this state for asset protection planning. That is a focus of our firm because – it's needed by a lot of of folks. Um, it's needed by professionals. It's needed by families that apply for Medicaid. It's needed um, 
by any uh, well-to-do family, asset protection is extremely important. Uh, you want to be able to keep what you've earned uh, and you've acquired uh, over your lifetime. You, you don't want to lose it just because uh, some something bad happens, uh, and that could be medical. It could be a car accident. It could be a professional mistake. It could be lots of different things. So there are techniques to ensure that um, you can keep what what you have, uh, and but it requires planning in order to do it. And so we call that, duh, asset protection planning. Um, now, uh, I am going to this month, and if it's successful, I will continue to do it in later months, but we'll just see if folks are interested in learning more about it. Uh, we're going to take the 2 o'clock session and focus on asset protection planning. Uh, I think uh, it, it will be – now, I have uh, given seminars and uh, not you know public seminars, but I have done continuing education seminars, and I, I speak occasionally to groups about asset protection and how it works. And so I'm really looking forward to being able to present this uh, in a free seminar to the public, and and we'll just see um, if if folks are interested in it. Now, uh, just as a teaser uh, to get folks interested, I I will tell you that there are four pillars of asset protection planning. And the first pillar is one that everyone should know about. Now, what do you think that one might be? Oh, I'm, I'm cheating, Bill, but I'm going to say it would be liability and insurance. You're exactly right. That's it. But the problem is folks don't know um, what that necessarily means, where they get that insurance, how much insurance they should have as it relates to um, professional um, malpractice insurance or uh, vehicle, you know, car insurance. Um, um, uh, you know, you can also look at health insurance, long-term care insurance, um, all of those things. How much is enough? How should it be factored in? Umbrella insurance is another piece. How much of that should a family have? And, of course, the answer is going to vary a little bit depending on the family, but there are some consistent things as it relates to uh, those insurance pieces. Uh, and truthfully, if you don't have good liability insurance, then tru truthfully, and a lot of folks won't tell you this, is that the rest of your plan will probably fail. It, uh, and, it, and it doesn't matter how good the rest of the plan is, if you don't support it, the foundation is going to be that liability insurance. And that comes in several different flavors, and you have to know how to combine all of that into a protection plan for yourself and your family. And then the second pillar has to do with using limited liability companies. Uh, there, it comes in three different flavors. <laughs> you have what's called an LLC, a limited liability company. You have the old corporate structure, and a corporate structure can come as a 
regular, what we call in the trade, C-corps, in other words, a normal corporation. And then, but most smaller business people who use corporations have what's called a sub-S corporation. Uh, and so the question might be, okay, how do those work? When do they not work for folks? Because that's a big piece of the puzzle that a lot of folks do not understand, um, but it's really important. And so that's I want to talk about how it works, which entity might actually work better than other entities, and when you're not protected, even though you might have an entity. Those those are all extremely important uh, questions to be answered by uh, anyone who has uh, property that might fit into uh, one of those uh, uh, companies or, or an existing business that might fit into to one of those um, uh, ways to protect assets. Then the, the next pillar, once we get past that, is the use of irrevocable trusts that are designed for asset protection. And this might surprise you, but there are lots of irrevocable trusts that don't work for asset protection. It has to be designed a particular way. Uh, And then the question is, how do you do it in North Carolina? Because the way you do it in North Carolina would be very different then how you might do an irrevocable asset protection trust in Tennessee or Nevada or Arizona or some other uh, state. Uh, But asset protection trusts that are irrevocable, and then, of course, when you talk about irrevocable trusts, you have to at least make sure that folks don't misunderstand when you're talking about a revocable trust. Now, the lion's share of folks who have revocable trusts, or sometimes they're called living trusts, is the fact that they're revocable. And they're great planning tools. We really enjoy, uh, and most families, truthfully, can use a revocable trust to their advantage in lots of different ways. Um, but the fact is, the revocable trusts give you no asset protection whatsoever. N- not until a, a certain event occurs that you may not like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that is? <laughs> I think that's probably death, Bill. That's exactly right. And so when you create an, uh, a revocable trust, you can create asset protection planning for your spouse and children, but you have to die in order to do it through a revocable trust. Um, And then the last pillar is one that very few folks do, but it's the kind of thing where uh, the more risk that's there, uh, uh, it's there because there are families that should, in fact, use it. And that is out-of-state and offshore planning. Now, clearly, you're, again, using trusts, and sometimes you're combining the trust with a, uh, an LLC uh, partnership type of, of arrangement uh, through a limited liability company. But, you know, offshore planning or there's some hybrid plans out there that combine both out-of-state and offshore planning, uh, which is pretty fun. 
But it's also each level, each pillar that you go up gets more expensive. And so it's the kind of thing where it's appropriate for some families. Most families don't need that that kind of planning because the other pillars that you can put in place uh, work well uh, for families without the rest. So uh, a very – it's like this. You can have a strong plan – with a three-legged stool, you know, those oftentimes are the most uh, secure, or a four-legged stool. It just depends on what you need. Uh, and then there are other families that, that basically can uh, use just um, uh, the liability insurance is enough for them without anything further. It just depends. It's like everything else. And uh, with legal answers, uh, the, the answer that you can depend on is that it <laughs> – Depends. <laughs> it depends. The famous answer, Bill. This is really exciting. Uh, August fourteenth at two o'clock is this uh, special seminar that you're doing, based all on asset protection. And people can register online at wgalaw.com. That's your website. Again, it's free to register, free to attend. No food is served, but uh, again, plenty of knowledge. wgalaw.com is the website. You can also call nine one nine. 256-7000 to register. 919-256-7000 is the number to call to register and also to schedule an appointment with Bill if you have uh, something that you want to speak to him about. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind you if you're interested in the new seminar that we discussed last segment, this is centered all on asset protection. This will be the two o'clock seminar on August 14th. You can find more information at WGALaw.com or call 919 256 7,000. Well, Bill, it's for me, it's still early on a Saturday morning, but you're, you're going to quiz me, aren't you? <laughs> yes, sir. I thought it would be fun uh, to play estate planning fact or fiction. <laughs> what do you think? I should have had some game show music prepared here. So I'm slacking as a producer on my part. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought, um, you, you know, the, the truth is there's so much out there that people think they know the answers when it comes to how planning works, how a will works, how a trust works. Um, you know, sometimes people avoid trusts. They think they know, understand wills when they really don't. Um, so anyway, I just thought it would be fun to play the game. So are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Bill. Okay. So the first question. Okay. It goes like this. I'm married, so when I die, everything will go to my spouse. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say that is fiction, Bill. Well, that's correct. All right. I'm one for one. Although, it's a half-truth, okay? And here's here's the uh, real answer, if you get down to it, okay? If you do not have a will 
then your property will be dispersed to your loved ones or to your family based on two things. The first thing is it will be uh, distributed based on how you own your property. And the truth is, and a lot of folks don't really appreciate this, they get it but they don't, is that a lot of wills, even complicated, expensive wills, don't work because of the way people own their property, particularly married folks, because the majority of married couples own their property in ways where the majority of their property is distributed according to title, not according to a will. And a lot of folks think that your will trumps everything else. It does not, okay? Because in essence, everything else trumps what's in your will, okay? Um, So even if you have a simple will that says, I leave everything to my spouse, your spouse may not get everything because of the way you own property uh, or Okay, so let's let's talk specifically about it. This is really important to folks. If you own your house together in North Carolina and you bought your house while you were married and the deed says that both names, husband and wife, are on the deed, who gets the house when you die? Uh, my wife. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the question is, is, does she get it because of the deed or does she get it, I mean, the deed transferring the house to you, or does she get it? based on your will that says I leave everything to my wife. I would say it would be because of the deed. That's correct. In other words, your will doesn't even come into play. It The deed gives it to the survivor, okay? Um, now, if you have a joint bank account with your wife and you die, who's likely to get that account? I will go to the wife. If, I mean, almost always, bank accounts that are husband and wife joint accounts are set up as joint with rights of survivorship. So, again, it's not your will that uh, takes care of it. It's the contract with the bank which tells the bank to give the money to the survivor regardless of what your will says. Or if, if you don't have a will, it still goes to uh, based on to the, your spouse, based on uh, the contract. So it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter whether you have a will or not when it relates to that. All right. The third thing, let's say that you have a, an investment account at Edward Jones or Merrill Lynch or pick one. It, it doesn't matter. Schwab, you know, <laughs> there's lots of them out there. Um, how are most joint accounts set up there? Same way. That's exactly right. So again, there's a contract uh, that tells the company to give the assets to the survivor, whoever that is. Okay. So what other kinds of property out there might there be? Well, do you have life insurance? Sure. Well, who gets that? Uh, Whoever's the beneficiary. Exactly. So does it have anything to do with whether you have a will or not? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. So, um, okay, so life insurance goes by beneficiary. How about retirement accounts? You know, most people today who work have either a 401k or a 403b type plan, or they have an IRA or some type of retirement account. So there's lots of other retirement accounts out there too. But 
So how is is that property distributed? Same way. Beneficiary designation, right? Exactly. You're doing really well. All right. I mean, I think you've learned something over these years, Jason. Gosh, I hope so, Bill. I hope so. Okay. Excellent. But it's beneficiary. Uh, Now, there's one other kind of of property um, that has a beneficiary designation, too, and that's an annuity. You know, an annuity is an insurance contract, like uh, life insurance. You know, that's an insurance contract as well. And so, again, annuities are distributed by beneficiary designation. So, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have anything to do with your will if you have one, okay. or a trust for that matter, if you have a trust. But if you own your property like uh, what we're talking about, um, the, the, the title to your property is going to trump your trust and it's going to trump your will every time. And that can be very, very bad families. Okay, so here's the ultimate question when it relates to title to property. Number one, if all your property is owned jointly with your spouse, you know, your house and any other real estate that you might own, like your beach house or your mountain house or your farm or whatever, your bank accounts, your investment accounts, your retirement accounts, your life insurance and your annuities What's left for a will to take care of? Not a whole lot. <laughs> um, well, that's right. Yeah. It, basically, it's your stuff. Sometimes it's you know your furniture, your furnishings, your jewelry, your guns, your um, you know sometimes it's your truck or your boat, um, you know that sort of thing. Um, and again, it depends on how you own it. A lot of folks don't realize that you can actually own your motor vehicles in North Carolina with rights of survivorship, but most people don't. Most uh, vehicles that are owned jointly, and of course I don't recommend that folks own their motor vehicles jointly, but I'll talk about that in the seminar, um, is the fact that if you fill out one additional form when you want to put your vehicle in both names together, uh, you can actually own your motor vehicle with rights of survivorship. So when your spouse dies, you don't have to go through the courthouse to get the title in your name. And I, I should, as an aside, say that's a problem for a lot of folks because oftentimes when a spouse dies and the motor vehicle's in both names, the spouse doesn't do anything about it because the spouse just keeps driving the car even though it's in both names. And it doesn't become an issue until – this, the you want to sell the vehicle or you die. And if you die owning the, the car in both names or the truck, then your children have to open two estates in order to get the car titled uh, into a position where the vehicle can be sold because you can't sell it otherwise. So, you know, it's really important for motor vehicles to be taken care of. So we've talked about all the ways where a will doesn't make any difference for a married couple. So you might think, well, why do I need a will? Well, the fact is, can you be sure who's going to die first or whether you'll die together? And, you know, here's the problem. If you don't have a will – then the state of North Carolina, or in every other state in this country, has what's called intestacy laws. In other words, they have a will for you if you don't have a will. And it's rarely, the state laws are rarely what 
people think they are. And this is where the half-truth comes in. Most people think that the state law gives everything to your spouse when you die without a will. And that is not true. In almost every state, the spouse will get a portion of your estate, and your children will get a portion of your estate. Now, the portions vary based on a lot of different things, how long you've been married, whether you have children, how many children, um, those kinds of things. Um, but the, the thing that folks need to realize is that the spouse doesn't get everything. And of course, there are lots of families out there, because it's a second marriage or third marriage with children by previous marriages and things like that, where you don't want the spouse to get everything, so you have to own your property right. And, of course, prenuptial agreements help and those kinds of things, pre-marriage agreements. Um, but it's um, it, 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 the if you want to control your property to the T, so you know exactly who gets what, then the only way to make sure is to know how you've got your property titled and who gets it and to have a will as your base cleanup uh, instrument. And of course, if you're the surviving spouse, then having a will is even more important uh, so that, again, your wishes will be honored upon your death. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. Well, I know it's probably been talking too long, and you're going to say, oh, I've got to take a break. But when we come back, I'll quiz you some more. Bill, you've been talking too long, and ah, i got to take a break. And we'll continue <laughs> our quiz right after this. I do want to remind everyone about the new seminar that Bill has going on August 14th. That's two Wednesdays from now. Uh, you can find more information online, wgalaw.com. That's where you can register for free or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more of the quiz. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you for joining us. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander, and we're having a fun show today. We're uh, having an estate planning quiz, and yeah, Bill, you're putting me uh, under the gun here. But before we get back to the quiz, you had a thought that you wanted to wrap up. Well, there are two things as it relates, because I, I was really talking uh, in the last segment about how important the title to your property can be to your planning. And in fact, it's huge. And so uh, when I say that, it's really important when you do estate planning. And to me, this is one of the mistakes that most attorneys make, and families without attorneys will make this mistake every time. And, and that is it, when you do a will, or you do a trust, it is imperative that you review how you own your property. And particularly if you have a trust, it's important to change how you own your property. The biggest mistake with trust-based planning is that people don't transfer their property to themselves as trustees 
In other words, transferring property from themselves individually to a trustee, which normally is themselves, that is the key in making a trust work because you can create a very sophisticated, very expensive will or trust that totally fails because you don't change how you own your property. So title to property is everything in estate planning to make whatever it is that you want to happen through your will or your trust to make it work. So that's one of the most important tenets of planning that nobody seems to talk about. So truthfully, if you go to an attorney and they don't talk to you about how you own your property, it's not a matter of so much of how much property you have or what your net worth is, although that in a very simple way is important in terms of how sophisticated a plan you should have. it's still an important question to make sure that your intentions and your spouse's intentions are honored and that you understand how it works, because most people don't. Uh, And if the attorney doesn't help you through that, then it's a disservice to you. I mean, it, it should always be part of the discussion. And of course, if you haven't figured it out, even simple type planning where you think everything is real simple, you have options. So if you go to an attorney and you just say, well, I want a simple will. That's, you know, I get people tell me that all the time. And which is fine, but I always want to take them through options that they have. Because when I actually talk to them, well, did you know you could do this? Did you know you could do that? And most people will say, absolutely not, had never heard of that before. Can we really do that? And the truth is most of the folks that I talk to when they realize they can do something really neat that they didn't think they could do and they had no clue they could do it, they actually do a plan that includes some of those options that we talk about. So the the other side of that coin is if the attorney just says, well, what do you want? Let me put it in your will. And they don't talk to you about the options that you have. And this is particularly important for seniors because seniors really should look at options. It's really, more often than not, it's not about what you – it's not about just getting everything to your spouse or getting everything to your kids or separating it out. There's so many options out there that – people really need to know about so that they can do effective planning. Because if you don't know your options, how do you plan? I mean, that's you don't know what you don't know. And that's, again, why the attorneys need to be talking about the options that you have. And then structure a plan based on what you really want to happen in terms of distributing your property to, to whom you want it to go to, how you want it to go when you want it to get to them with limitations uh, and strings attached, if you will, uh, for, for a lot of folks, um, because families are complicated. <laughs> they certainly are. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for your next question? All right. I'm ready, Bill. Okay. Uh, having a will means I get to avoid probate. Oh, boy. Um, That sounds like it might be fiction, Bill. 
Correct. In other words, now here's the deal. There are ways to avoid probate. Uh, some, some of that's good and some of it's bad. But what people are really talking about when they're saying the word probate is court administration. It's, it's, probate it, the, is actually where the clerk of superior court in the county in which you live takes your will, a piece of paper uh, that you've signed and it's been witnessed and notarized, hopefully, uh, there are other ways to do it, but we're not going to talk about those. But takes your will and basically accepts it as your last will and testament. So until the court accepts it, that it meets the rules of North Carolina, then it's just a piece of paper. It, it might say will on it, but it's just a piece of paper that's worthless until the clerk uh, accepts it. So when the clerk accepts your piece of paper as your will, as your last will, then that's probate. Okay. Now, the rest of what the clerk's office does is estate administration or court administration. And most people interchange the two. When they say probate, they're really talking about the administration of an estate until uh, it's complete. So here's the truth. If you have a will, it's probated and goes through court administration. If you don't have a will, there's no probate, but there is a court administration. Now, if you own your property with survivorship clauses and, or, and of course, the, the um, the banks, as well as the investment houses, have what's called PODs and TODs, pay on death and transfer on death contracts, which is the same thing as a beneficiary designation. So that is a way to avoid court administration. Uh, you're still subject to court administration to pay debts, but you can avoid uh, the administration initially with those kinds of things. But they also can be very dangerous. And what a lot of bankers and folks don't realize is the problem with those PODs and TODs is it doesn't take into account contingencies. A goodwill is always better because a goodwill is going to have contingency planning. If somebody dies or something happens or if they become sick or, you know, all of those, a will can can solve those problems where a POD, TOD, beneficiary designation doesn't solve it. In, in other words, it basically just gives the property to the person that you're talking about. And if that's what you want to happen no matter what, then fine. But again, for seniors, that can be very dangerous and a bad idea. So there's so many other options out there that, that can be helpful to folks, if that makes sense to you. It does. Okay, so um, now, if you don't have a will, you have the same thing, but you have the state will, the intestacy statute that gives your property to who the state thinks it should go to, not whom you think it should go to or how it should go or when it should go and those kinds of things. Um, but you still have the same court administration. The only difference is you have 
an administrator rather than an executor uh, who does it. Uh, and uh, typically, unless all of the heirs waive a bond, uh, then the court will require the administrator to have a bond. So you have to pay an insurance company to administer the estate. Um, and, the, of course, the, ins- the bond is there just to uh, ensure that you do what you're supposed to do as the administrator. You pay all the bills, and then you give the rest of the money to the folks who are supposed to get it under state statute. And, of course, the thing about a state administration that a lot of folks don't realize, uh, it's not necessarily simple because if – particularly for folks that have creditors – uh, because when you owe money upon your death, uh, t- the state law actually gives certain creditors the right to your money first. We call it priorities. Certain creditors have a much higher priority than other creditors. And if the administrator pays too much to the wrong creditor, then the administrator is personally liable for not distributing the estate properly. So it's not just a matter of distributing the money to the heirs properly, it's also a matter of distributing money to creditors properly, particularly if there's not enough money to pay all the creditors. <laughs> so, that sounds like a problem. Well, it can be, and a lot of folk, a lot of families don't have that problem because they don't have any uh, significant creditors out there, but but there are a lot of other folks who do, and that's where you have to be real, real cautious. You do, and that's where having a professional and someone experienced in the world of wills and legal documents and probate comes in handy, and that's probably a time when you want to set up an appointment to talk to Bill. 919-256-7000 is the phone number to do that. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and we're uh, in the lightning round of our estate planning quiz here, Bill. So let's let's get right back to it. Okay. Here's fact or fiction, uh, fiction, Jason. A will can oversee the distribution of all my assets. Um, going from our previous discussion, I'll say that's fiction. Well, it's a half-truth. Okay. Uh, I, w- I would say that the uh, answer to that is more true than not. Okay. But again, it depends on how you own your property. It's all about title. So in combination with how you own your property, a will uh, can, in fact, oversee the distribution of all of your assets. And so the key is for folks to understand the difference between title and your will and to make sure that it's coordinated so that your will works the way you want it to. Uh, now, typically, you do not want your life insurance or beneficiary designations to go to your estate, uh, particularly life insurance, because life insurance is not subject to your creditors. Okay, 
So that can be very if – you, if you pay it to your estate, the life insurance, then your creditors are then empowered to receive those life insurance uh, benefits. But if it's paid directly, it's not. So it's just an important point. However, let's say that you have a bank account that goes to your spouse or your children by either by joint or right of survivorship or beneficiary designation. The creditors are entitled to that money or at least half the money, if not all of it, depending on the circumstances. And that's when the creditors can reach out and say, uh-oh, you got to put that money back into the estate, even though the bank has already paid it to uh, the beneficiary. So, you know, that's uh, some other hiccups, if you will, with how uh, it can work. But, yeah, uh, you can make a will to where it oversees everything. And then, then the other thing is, is – a will satisfactory with your needs for your family, and sometimes a trust is a much better planning tool uh, than a will. So it just just depends. Sometimes a will, a will is actually a better planning tool. So every family's different. Okay, next question, and this is a really important one, and you'd be surprised uh, at the the folks uh, that will work on this. Like, okay, here it is. My family knows what I want and will do the right thing. Fact or fiction? <laughs> I'm going to say fiction, Bill. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Although, you, you know, uh, this is a really important thing uh, for um, folks to realize. You may have good people. In other words, no uh, problems in your families. But, you know, uh, I over the years I've seen so many situations where families will surprise you. People get greedy. Um, uh, and I'll give you one thing, which is probably more common than anything else. You lose your spouse, and you're getting up there in years, and you want one of your children to help you get your bills paid and, and this sort of thing. So you go to the bank and you put your money in a joint account with your son or daughter, and you got three other kids out there. <laughs> okay, now, who's entitled to that money when you die? The son or the daughter. That's right, the one that, that you've had paying your bills. And I, I, you can't, I, I can't tell you how many folks they'll say, oh, well, she knows that it's supposed to be, my will says it goes to everybody equally, and uh, my daughter knows that, and, and she will make sure that every, all the other kids get their share of my account. Do you think that's true or not true? Mm, I think the temptation might be to keep it. Well, legally, they're entitled to keep it. And what happens, I mean, if the daughter is in financial trouble uh, or if she has some debts that need to be paid? She is entitled to that money. And frankly, you know, after you know, it's amazing to me how how personalities can change. You know, they're one way while you're alive is that oh, of course, mom, we'll we'll honor whatever you want. We'll do exactly what you want. And after death, it's like, hmm, mom must have intended for me to get it because she made it that way for me. You know, I'm I'm the and I deserve it anyway because I've been paying the bills for the last six months. <laughs> right? So the the fact is is that again, now you can have a child pay your bills without being a joint account holder. All you have to do is have a power of attorney 
that allows them to sign as your agent. It's still your money. It's not their money. And upon your death, your will will tell folks how to distribute that money. It does not go to an agent acting under a power of attorney just because you die. That's the alternative way to do things. That is the far better, but much less likely for folks to set it up that way. Because if you just go to the bank, they're going to set it up as a joint account with right of survivorship. That's just what they do. So you got to be careful about that and not do it that way. Yeah, that's that's why you need the legal expertise. That's why you need to get a hold of Bill, or you need to go ahead and register for his free asset protection seminar. This is a new seminar that Bill's doing on August the fourteenth. That's this coming this month's seminars. Uh, check that out online. WGALaw.com is where you can go to register online for free, or you can call the office nine one nine two five six seven thousand. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Allen. Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. And Bill, we're going to try and get one more question in here before the buzzer. All right, last question. You should only start your estate planning if or once you're wealthy, sick, or old. <laughs> I know for a fact that that is fiction. Ah, you're exactly right. Uh, truthfully, folks should do estate planning uh, from early on. It should be actually done at least three or four times during a lifetime. Yes, you need to get on the ball, and there are so many ways that Bill has opportunities for you to do that for free. You can go online to WGALaw.com. There you can find information about Bill's upcoming seminars on August 14th. You can also download his podcast, the Asset Protection Today podcast. Again, free, digestible information. These are all about 10, 15 minutes long, an easy listen, and there are some great tips and facts in there for you. I think I've covered everything. You can also call 919-256-7000 to register for the 14th seminar. That's August the 14th, 919-256-7000. We're out of time. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend. 